Welcome to the Reliance Community Podcast. Worship with us on Sunday mornings at 9 o'clock or 1045 a.m. We hope you're encouraged by today's message. We, we have Pastor James and Maria, his wife here. Pastor James and Maria Moronga from Kenya. And uh, if you've been a part of Reliance uh, for a long period of time, you'll know that um, this is a special family to this house. Um, they have come and they have served this family faithfully through just the gifts that God has given them. And so anytime that they're here in the States, we love to have them. And uh, they just always bring an encouraging word to us. In fact, James is actually one of the overseers of Reliance as well. And it's really neat because anytime we have some deep things that we're kind of pursuing the Lord in, we like to bounce those off of James because we trust what God is doing in his life and in his ministry. And so I want to pray over James and then we're going to welcome him if we can. So let me pray over you real quick for a God, we thank you so much for um, just what you're doing, not just in the United States, but God, we thank you for what you're doing globally. And I thank you for the men and the women that you rise up in ministry, Jesus, that bring words of encouragement, God, and that bring um, words just to help us grow into deeper maturity as men and women uh, of faith. I pray that today, Jesus, the word that James brings, God, would penetrate each one of our hearts and that we would know, Father, that you're moving in a mighty and miraculous way. And so will you bless this day today as Pastor James brings the word. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we welcome him, church? Good morning. Maria and I are very thankful always to uh, connect with Reliance and to see what God continues to do among you. Um, we've been in the country about uh, close to a month, and tomorrow we head back home, and thankfully we can run away from all the cold weather, you know. <laughs> uh, but it's been exciting to be here. You know, years ago, the Lord uh, showed me a move of God that was going to come in the United States of America, and particularly calling forth the remnant, the remnant bride, the remnant body of believers to a place of really uh, intimacy with him and uh, uh, genuinely pursuing after the Lord. And just to see years later what God is doing in different parts. You know, we've been traveling uh, into different communities, different churches, different cities, uh, as much as we've, we went to Ohio and Missouri and here in Kansas, and just to see the unity of the body of Christ that is emerging and uh, a genuine uh, move of prayer, a remnant body of believers that are passionate to pray and to seek the Lord. It's so encouraging that God is not done with America. Amen. Uh, God still has a purpose. I do believe that there is a spiritual window of opportunity for America to rise up, particularly for the remnant army of believers to rise up and seek the Lord, serve him, and demonstrate their faith in power and authority. And I'll be talking about the emerging remnant, but just before I do that, you know, just a quick testimony is to appreciate, you know, the friendship and the partnership God birthed uh, between us and Reliance Church and the support that you have extended to us in prayer and financial uh, support for the work in Africa. We are really excited. One of the things that we are doing uh, in Africa is to not only grow the churches and the unity among the, the, the ministers, but is also to see that the cycles of poverty can be broken. Amen. You know, there's been 
poverty is a reality in Africa and in my own country, Kenya, where statistics indicate that close to 50% of the population live uh, below poverty. Now, living below poverty means that uh, many of the families, close to 50% of the families in Kenya, they, can, they survive on less than a dollar a day. Uh, so to even get one meal a day, it is a miracle. And that's the reality in some of the extreme areas in the villages. Uh, but we are very thankful that God can give us a kingdom vision to pray and break the spiritual uh, bondage and cycles of, of, of poverty, but also to give us some strategic insight and initiatives that we can undertake. And one of those initiatives is in the area of agribusiness, where we uh, partnered with uh, uh, Emmanuel Church and Reliance is part of it as well, in terms of uh, establishing a global train foundation, where we are, like earlier this year, we had a team of farmers come from uh, Emmanuel Church in Abilene and came and did a training uh, with our farmers and be, were able to see what how our farmers do their farming and uh, began to train them in ways of improving their farms and their agriculture. You know, one of the questions uh, one of the team leaders asked our farmers is how many bushels of corn do you harvest every year, uh, you know, from an acre of, of, of land? And uh, in our community of Bungoma, Western Kenya, to get 15, it is a miracle. To get 20, it is great breakthrough, but most of the farmers can hardly make it to 10 bushels of corn. And so the challenge was, think about it. Back in America, for one acre of land, we are able to harvest close to 300 bushels of corn. And everyone was like, wow, that's impossible. But you know what? The team began to instruct us, sharing, training them, in terms of soil testing, in terms of soil preparation, getting quality seed, and above all, they prayed. We prayed for the soil and for the farm inputs. And a few months later, there are testimonies that their farms are beginning to yield much more than they have ever yielded. One family that uh, would hardly get eight bags uh, or eight bushels of corn they were rejoicing. This year they harvested 22. Yeah. All right. And so we are seeing this as uh, one of those kingdom responses. It's just the beginning, but we believe that uh, uh, with a lot of prayer and also continuous support in this area, we will see the cycles of poverty broken. One of the things that we are working towards accomplishing is buying like five to ten acres of land where we can uh, be able to do demonstration plots and, ground or, or, uh, and farming activities that the locals can come and see and experience really because many of them are stuck to ancestral patterns or traditional patterns of farming. So uh, pray with us as we journey in this and uh, uh, we can be able to see God accomplish greater things in that area. Amen. And then another key area that we are working towards 
is uh, we've been sharing with Pastor Aaron for some time uh, about the Ignite the Fire conference. We do believe that uh, God is really uh, preparing a remnant. And I, I personally, looking at the trend historically and looking at the future by the Spirit of God, I do believe that it is the younger generation, the generation of our sons and daughters, the generation of some of your grandchildren, are the ones that are going to see and experience the full force of the spiritual opposition that is being released against the Christian faith. When you talk of religious extremism, when you talk of uh, cultural wars, when you talk of postmodernism and uh, secular uh, thinking, I believe the young generation are being, uh, they, they are going to face the full thrust of that gates of hell that will be coming to push against the Christian army of believers. And the challenge that the Lord has given us is to prepare to prepare the next generation, the emerging generation, the young army of believers. And we'll be having a conference in August of 2020. It's called Ignite the Fire, where we are looking at bringing together uh, young men and women, as well as also the older ones will come, but a special emphasis on the next generation, the, the younger generation, to equip them in the word, equip them in prayer, position them, to be able to advance the kingdom of God despite the opposition that we see coming. So please hold this uh, in your prayers and uh, that we can be able to stand together and support this initiative in August of 2020 and to see that that remnant army of believers is equipped. Particularly in Kenya and in Africa, the Islamic agenda is very strong. And it's one of the strongholds, the powers that really is seeking to take over uh, Africa. And uh, if you understand uh, church trends and mission trends globally, for Africa, there is the 1040 window. And in the northern part of Africa, there is the predominant Islamic nations. And they believe that if they can take Kenya and take Nigeria, then they can take the rest of Africa. Why? Because these are two nations that are considered as apostolic nations. Apostolic in the sense that God has used these nations to be like spiritual powerhouses in Africa. So if they can take these two nations, they can advance their agenda down south. Uh, we know even from research that uh, they've already uh, been looking at, it's either Johannesburg, no, Cape Town in South Africa, where they have a very low population of Muslims, but yet they are looking at uh, you know, establishing uh, Cape Town, South Africa, as the halal headquarters of the world. And when you research, the halal is basically the economic strategy that they have to advance the Islamic agenda. So these are issues, these are realities that we have to contend with, and America is not spared. So what it is is that we must prepare ourselves as the army of God, as the church of Christ. We must prepare ourselves, we must strengthen ourselves in the faith, and that's why I believe the Lord has given me a message concerning what I call the emerging remnant. When you study the word of God from the Old Testament days, is that 
every time the people of God would journey towards the promised land or journey towards fulfilling their purpose in their generation, there would be storms, there would be forces of darkness that would come to seek to take them out and frustrate them. And many would fall back. Many would fall back into the systems of that day, the cultures of that day. And, um, but the good news is that every time there was such bombardment of their faith, there would always be a remnant. There would always be a remnant, a people who have kept themselves pure, who have chosen to, to put and anchor their faith on Christ so that they could accurately represent Christ or rather represent the covenant-keeping God in their day and time. In Romans chapter 11 and verse 1 to 5, the Bible says, I say then, has God cast away his people? When we look at what is happening in America today, that is one question that we can ask. Has God forsaken America? Has God forsaken us? Has God forsaken our families? When we face those giants that seem to want to come and just take out our lives. Certainly not. For I also am an, an Israelite of the seed of Abraham, of the tribe of Benjamin. God has not cast away his people whom he foreknew. That's one of the good news that we have, is that Christ knows us. Amen. He knows us, and he will never cast away his own. We are known of the Lord. Or do you not know what the scripture says of Elijah? How he pleads with God against Israel, saying, Lord, they have killed your prophets and torn down your altars, and I alone am left, and they seek my life. Now, think about it. Something that literally brings terror to a mighty prophet of God like Elijah. A man who had the capacity to lock up the heavens so that rain would not fall during the, the time of his prophecy. And that later on, he unlocks the heaven and rain comes down. This is a man who called out and one time says, if I'm a servant of God, let fire come down and consume you. And literally, fire came and consumed the king's servant at one time. But even for a man of such capacity in faith, there was a terror attack on his life through Jezebel, and through the culture of that day, the idolatry, the wickedness of that day, to the degree that he was on the run. And at one time, he gets to that place where he feels like he is the only one left. And it took God's intervention to speak to him and uh, respond to him in verse 4. And his God answers, but the, what does the divine response say to him? I have reserved for myself 7,000 men who have not bowed the knee to bow. Even so then, at the present time, there is a remnant according to the election of grace. Amen. Despite the wickedness of our generation, God's desire and God's plan is to always preserve a remnant. And when we talk about God preserving a remnant, I believe he desires to work in collaboration with you and me. He desires to work 
in unity with each one of us who is willingly saying, Lord, I give you my heart in the midst of this dark and wicked day. Would you strengthen me that I can be the light that you have called me to be, that I can be a witness of Christ. God's desire is that he will always find a remnant. My challenge to us is, are you numbered among the remnant? Are you numbered among those who have not bowed their knee to the systems of the world that wish to take away or to wipe away the Christian faith and antagonize our right standing with God. We must be determined, brothers and sisters. We must be rooted and established in Christ. Our, we must root and establish our faith in Jesus Christ so that we are properly anchored, whether it is at our personal levels, whether it is at our family level, whether it is at our professional level, because I believe that one of the ways that the enemy will come to seek and try to take us out is even in our spheres of daily life, where we are engaging ourselves in our business spheres and opportunities of compromise will be sent your way from the pit of hell. Are you willing to take a stand for righteousness? And Isaiah 28 Verse 5, I love the story here, and it's not just a story of a historical occurrence, but I do believe it is a prophetic proclamation for our day as well. That's why these things were written in the Old Testament day to give us examples of really how God moves, how God thinks, and how God works. In Isaiah 28 and verse 5, Listen to what the Bible says. Isaiah proclaims the word of the Lord and he says, In that day, the Lord of hosts. Now, stop and think a little bit. In scripture, God reveals himself in many ways. He reveals himself as a loving father. He reveals himself as a good shepherd. He reveals himself as the bread of life. At one time, he also reveals himself as the lamb headed for slaughter. But in this context, the Bible says, in that day, the Lord of hosts, so mark that as we study on. It says, in that day, the Lord of hosts will be for a crown of glory and a diadem of beauty to the remnant of his people, for a spirit of justice to him who sits in judgment and for strength to those who turn back the battle at the gate. There are four powerful things, prophetic things that God speaks concerning the remnant. That he will be the crown of glory and the diadem of beauty for the remnant of his people. But why does he come to manifest himself to his remnant as the Lord of hosts? Another translation gives it the name the God of the angel armies. When we talk about the Lord of hosts, it means that he is not coming as a lamb that is headed for slaughter. He is not coming to demonstrate his mercy and his kindness and his love. But he's coming as the Lord of hosts. That means he's coming as a man of war. 
Now, when we talk about war, we talk, we, war simply means conflict. So God is coming as a man of war. He's coming to address the conflicts, the warfare, the opposition that has been released against his people. So he comes and manifests as himself as the Lord of hosts, as a man of war. And what does he say? Four prophetic things that God in his outfit as a man of war does for the remnant. And this is to encourage each one of you who has been stand, who chooses and has chosen to stand strong in the faith. Number one is that he comes and he as a man of war becomes the crown of glory. Wow, the crown of glory. I think of my own country, Kenya. Now, in Kenya, our highways are not as good as the American highways. And when people come to Kenya, I always say, in Kenya, you move by faith and not by sight. <laughs> because what you see on the highway can easily kill you quickly before even your appointed day of death. <laughs> it's crazy driving. But in North Africa, you'll find that there is a skinny-looking traffic officer, police officer, on the highway, and simply because he has this crown on his head, though he might be tiny and skinny, but when he lifts his hand, a whole semi-truck will lead to pull over. It speaks of the authority invested in this man. Brothers and sisters, Jesus says, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So he's coming as the Lord of the angel armies, as a man of war, and he says, I will be the crown upon your head. What does that mean? He wants to invest a greater spiritual authority in our lives. So that when we are advancing, when we see the storms of hell, when we see the powers of darkness unleashed against us, we can stand and raise our hands towards heaven and say, Lord, give us the strength to stand and even begin to speak to the storms of hell that are released against our families, against our cities, our communities, and even our nations. Amen. I remember, uh, uh, must have been about a year ago, there's a particular spot in Kenya, there's a bridge uh, where there was such tremendous loss of lives. Every week there would be a fatal accident. And so we heard about this and we mobilized a team of ministers. We over close to two to three hundred clergy gathered from an entire county and we went to that particular spot and asked the authorities to give us uh, traffic officers to control the traffic because it's a busy highway and began to resist the plan of the enemy at that black spot. In fact, it had been called a black spot because people were dying every week because of the fatal accidents. We canceled the agenda of hell. And a year later, I can stand here and testify that there has been no single accident at that particular spot for a whole year. Amen. 
Brothers and sisters, God is charging us forward to go forth in the authority and in the power of the Spirit of God under the authority of Jesus Christ, the Lord of hosts, him being the crown of glory on our heads. Number two, a diadem of beauty. You know, it talk, I believe that it's talking about our identity. And there are times we journey through life and the enemy gives us a false identity that messes us up. I know even of Christians who are struggling with a false identity over their lives. And the enemy wants to persecute them. But you know, friends, it gets to a time where as the remnant, we must stand and begin to silence every other voice that seems to want to accuse us and give us a false description of who we are. I proclaim in Jesus' name for those who are battling with a false identity. But what do we mean? There are times that there are even Christians who just have this identity of failure. And constantly, you know, because you've been through a history or a generational bloodline of failure, so all you see is failure. Back in Africa, is, one of it is poverty, that identity of poverty. God has been breaking that false identity. He had to deal with Maria and I to deal with that Poverty mentality. And I'm thankful for Mama Nancy who comes and speaks and encourages us and begins to proclaim the word of God so that we have a right identity of who we are. Amen. Because one of the things that the enemy will always try to do to bring you down is to mess up your perspective of really who you are. You are not a failure, brothers and sisters. You are not an addict to anything. You are a child of God. You've been bought with the precious blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. When I get to that point, I boast in the Lord. When I preach, I don't say I'm a man from Africa. You know what? I used to be an African, but the blood of Jesus bought me out. Amen. Hallelujah. So when I stand, I don't stand as a man from Africa. I stand as a man of God. Amen. And at times for you Americans, you have to get to that place where you, you begin to identify with your heavenly identity. Don't just boast of being an American. Man, you used to be an American, but the blood of Jesus bought you out. So the culture and the systems, the idolatry of America will not put you down in the name of Jesus. Number three, a spirit of justice to him who sits in judgment. God comes as a man of war and to, he becomes the spirit of justice to him who sits in judgment. And a neat illustration that came to my heart and mind was this woman convicted because of her adultery and she was brought before Jesus. So according to the law, she was in judgment and she was to be sentenced to death. Basically, she was to be stoned to death. But these ignorant people did not realize that when they brought her before Jesus, they were bringing her to a man who would not judge according to the standards of the world, but according to the standards of the divine one. 
So Jesus, he bends down and, and writes scribbles on the, on the ground. And one of the statements he makes is that if anyone has not committed any sin, let him be the first one to cast a stone. I do not claim to understand every scripture or every prophetic thing God does or Jesus did. But this came to my heart. That is it possible when Jesus bent down and scribbled something on the dart right there, it is possible Jesus was rewriting her story. I look at my own life. It took Jesus to rewrite my story. And it's possible that you may have a story that condemns you and you have sought for justice, spiritual justice. You know what? When you encounter Jesus, he has the capacity to rewrite your story. And I know that there is a remnant whose story is being rewritten. When men persecute you, when men condemn you, Jesus can uplift you to a new place. And finally, he says, for strength to him who turns the battle at the gate. When you understand spiritual warfare and kingdom warfare, you understand that the gate is the council arena for the council of the enemy. Or kingdoms would sit at the, at the gate. The elders would sit at the gate to plan for warfare against their enemies. And that's why Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail. That means there is an enemy that would try to sit at the gate of, of, of his camp to plan evil against you. But you know something? He says, he will be strength for those that remnant that turns the battle at the gate. What does that practically mean? For the end time remnant... God is going to so much fill us with his spirit to the degree that he will give us access into the camp of the enemy to find what the enemy is planning against us. And before even that enemy makes us step towards attacking us, we will be there taking authority and nullifying the plan of the enemy. Hallelujah. I, I, I cannot conclude without sharing this story for Maria and I. And as ministers, you know, which is the best time for the enemy to try and come and attack? Many times, Saturday night. Particularly for husband and wives. That's the time the enemy wants to come and attack. And this one time, the enemy comes. We were, right, we were retiring to bed. And the enemy just fills us with some Issues that we had not even thought about. And he starts fighting us. I found myself moving away from my bed, going to the, to, the, to the couch. And Maria went and locked herself in the bathroom. And she's crying and I am angry. And I hear the voice of the Lord, son, get on your knees. And as, as soon as I got on my knees, he asked me, what are you doing here? Now, when God, who knows everything, begins to question you, and says, what are you doing here? How do you even respond? <laughs> and before I could say anything, he said, don't you know that you are under attack of witchcraft? 
and I was caught up in the spirit, taken into a filthy-looking little house, and saw the sorcery that was being done against Maria and I. As soon as I discovered that it was witchcraft, I burst out laughing. And I go to the bathroom door, knocking, I'm saying, love, open up. And I'm laughing so loud, I think she was feeling confused. Thinking like, this man has messed my emotions tonight, and here he comes laughing. I wasn't laughing at her, I was laughing at the enemy. <laughs> Hallelujah. But you know something? That the, the beauty is that by the Spirit of God, God will begin to show you the root structures the places where he, the enemy is planning evil against you so that you can overcome. Be encouraged as a remnant. The Lord is with us. Amen. Thanks for listening today. If you want to find out how to get involved, go to reliancecommunity.org.